1: Welcome to the latest episode of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined by one of the greatest pro wrestlers the world has never seen, Mr. News, himself, co-owner <laughs> of Discovery Wrestling, uh, Alan Smith. Welcome to the show.
0: That is one hell of an intro. One of the greatest wrestlers that the world has never seen. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, I, I can't argue with that intro. <laughs> uh,
1: how's it going? I know I've asked you this off I'm- the pod, but this is the recording bit now.
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm with a day job. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a reporter for radio and a lot of radio stations across Scotland and um, I specialise in politics. And there's, a, there's an election going on just now. So I am out and about every single day going across Scotland, speaking to political leaders every day right now. And um, for a lot of people, they might, they might find that boring. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, like everyone else, I've been working at home for the past year. So the chance actually to get out and about, get back in the car, listen to some music, because um, I love driving. Uh, it's been great the last few weeks. I've really enjoyed just getting out and about in the country again. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm in a, I'm a, I'm in a good spot right now.
1: Wrestling and politics, That's, there's a combination you never get.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would amaze you that the number of politicians who are closet wrestling fans. When I
1: would not, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, Especially when you see promos. I mean, the, the, the first
0: the, the first day I, I i i joined well the first day in my new role um, in politics and you know i'm based at the scottish parliament and uh, i went into the scottish parliament and i was walking through what they call the garden lobby which is where everybody kind of meets or has a coffee or whatever and i and they'll remain nameless but one of the party leaders at that time and this is 2016 was just walking through the garden lobby and um I thought, I'll stop them, introduce myself, say, hey, just so they know who I am and I'm about. And I stopped them and they, they went, oh, hey, you're the wrestler, right? And um, it turns out that a couple of the Sunday newspapers had uh, picked up on this former wrestler who was joining the Hollywood lobby and wrote articles. And it was in the Sunday papers about how this former wrestler was going to be getting to grips when grappling with the, re- with the politicians. So um, a lot of the politicians already know about my, my past and what I do, you know, and uh, a lot of them love it, and a lot of them kind of come out as wrestling fans to me, uh, and then just you know, it's just it's just insane at times just the, the, the kind of crossover of it all
1: Absolutely, it must be nice it also gets your kind of your foot in with them, it's like, oh we both like wrestling, then it can, it can lead to uh it's icebreaker,
0: I suppose, when it comes to yeah. yeah. I've, I've tried to I've tried to shoe in some wrestling chat during the election campaign. Um, I asked uh, I asked uh, Anna Sawar Labour leader, about because uh, his brother's a massive wrestling fan and goes to WWE events when they come to to Scotland. So I asked him about his uh, what because he was asking me about uh, WrestleMania this year and who won. He was like, "Who won? Did Drew win?" Or did Bobby win? And this is one of the party leaders asking me this. And uh, so I asked him his favourite wrestling, his WrestleMania, his favourite WrestleMania was Hogan versus Warrior. Uh, and I asked, uh, I had a bit of chat with uh, Douglas Ross, the Scottish Tory leader about wrestling. And he says his knowledge of wrestling doesn't go past uh, giant haystacks. So they're, they're trying to shoehorn any, any wrestling chant to the selection campaign just to keep me sane.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we won't go into politics because we all have opinions and I don't want anyone to really uh, shout down at me for having one opinion or the other. I think we're, we're on edge as it is wrestling as it is, let alone throwing in some actual politics uh, that, that changes <laughs> the world into it. Uh, right, so for those that are unaware, that are listening to this and watching this, we, we've we actually known each other for quite a long time. Uh, since, what was it, 2013? 13, I think February 2013 is when I first actually met yourself backstage at a show um, so it's been it's been a yeah. long long journey <laughs> for both of
0: us and and we we clear, clearly shared the, share the same hairstylist and um, look the the bald head bearded glasses look
1: it's, uh, it's the that's... fashion
0: it's the yeah fashion. <laughs>
1: Uh, but the first question is always the same, although I don't think I've asked questions question so far. So it's the first one. How did you get into wrestling and what
0: got you hooked? Uh, well, what got me hooked, first of all, was um, being around, must have been about six, six years old, six, seven years old. Um, and the family had just got Sky Television. And when Sky Television had just become a thing. And me and my, my older brother were flicking through the channels and we, we got into a channel and there was Hulk Hogan on the television. Um, doing a promo, and I'd never watched wrestling before in my life, but yet somehow me and my brother recognised Hulk Hogan. We'd seen this guy before somewhere, so we stopped and went, oh, there's there's that guy. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what he was talking about, and then it cut to a promo with The Ultimate Warrior, and uh, then we were hooked. We were just like, this is madness. This is just the, the best thing we'd ever seen, so... That 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 kind of brought brought me into it, and I, I remember going to my first ever live wrestling event in Forfar, because that's where we grew up, in the Retail in Forfar, and the the main attraction was giant haystacks, and me and some young friends were in the Retail in Forfar, front row, and here comes giant haystacks walking around the ring, and he's got this massive rope as a belt, you know, and, and us being young kids as we are, just start shouting, "I'm like you're fat, you're fat," you know, this is it was the late eighties and. uh you know, we were just shouting at him that he was fat. Clearly, he knows he's a big fella because he uses a rope for a belt. Uh, but then he just stopped and he spat on us all. He just stopped and proper gobbed on us all. And it's a pretty strange way to get hooked into wrestling, but that was uh, that was it for me. It just it still stands out in my mind. It's like my first experience of, of live wrestling. Um, so that, that's what kind of pulled me in. In terms of how I got involved in wrestling... Um, as as I've said, you know, working in radio and I was working in Dundee at the time and uh, the local promoter had approached the station and said, look, we've got a massive event coming up. Um, we need, you know, how can we get talked about? And our breakfast, presenter, our breakfast presenter knew I was a big wrestling fan and said, you know what, if you train him up and put him in a match, we'll talk about it. So hence why I got the, new, the name Mr News, because that was my nickname on the breakfast show. For being their news, They called me Mr. News and that's where the wrestling name came from. And that's how it started. You know, it was only ever supposed to be one match. You know, I did a couple of months of training then I was on this uh, big show that they had. And I got such a buzz off doing it that I stuck with it. And uh, I think, what, 12, 13 years on, uh, here I am. I'm now, now doing my own shows in Edinburgh.
1: Um, so when I first saw you, actually, so I first met you in twenty thirteen, but I first saw you at my first wrestling show outside of WWE uh, and tribute shows because everyone loves them. Uh, was a cage match, and you were teaming with Randy Valentine as the Mega Pals. Yeah. So how did that yeah. tag team come about? Uh,
0: well, the Mega Pals, uh, basically, you know, I only, I only had a couple of matches at that point, and um, Randy. Had been around and had made a request, he'd seen me come in and um it was his his idea. He said I want to I want to team with him you know and I thought you know pretty cool this guy who's been about a bit wants to you know team with me and kind of show me the ropes a wee bit and so he he wanted to do that and he had this idea of 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 being kind of I guess our version of the mega powers and became the mega pals and that's where it all kind of stemmed from. And we just you know I didn't I didn't know I didn't know Randy before he made that request to team with me, and it was only through that that we, you know we became really good pals and, and hung out and you know talked to ideas a lot and we were kind of similar similar senses of humor as well. So you know, there's a lot of the promos that we did, a lot of the video promos we did. Um, it, they were just hysterical to film. You know, whether it was just funny to us or whether it was funny to other people, you know, we had a good time doing it, and so that that's how the mega pals came about. And we just we had a blast and. To this day, he's still my mega pal. You know, he's, he's a commentator with, with us at Discovery. He's uh, a massive input into the ideas that we have for Discovery and, and, and what we do. He plays just such a huge role. So it, it's just uh, amazing where you meet people and, and, and where it takes you. So, yeah, we're still mega pals to this day. It's
1: good to hear. Uh, so, yeah, about your, your time in Dundee, uh, I wrote down a couple written down. I'm not, I'm, as you tell, I'm not a writer. Uh, as I wrote down, uh, so I'm just like memorable moments for myself one is when you're the champion and there was a show that sold out on a Wednesday night uh, where you end up getting diamond cuttered by Diamond Dallas Page uh, Yeah. which also involved one of my favourite finishes to a wrestling match with, between yourself and Sam Ross uh, but what was it like <laughs> like uh, interacting with DDP did he, did he pull you aside before or after to, to talk about your wrestling what was it like
0: well, DDP was very cool. Like, we had him um, with us for a week, and he was he was very you know he was, he was just he was just really sound, you know um, in terms of the event itself, you know a lot of times when you bring you know international wrestlers in, you know they, they, they just worry about their own business and, and what they're doing on that night and whatever else. but he sat and watched the entire show from the balcony through a curtain. And he was watching the matches and when people were coming back upstairs, he was giving people feedback, which, you know, is priceless for a wrestler. If you've got someone like DDP watching your match, someone who's done it, you know, as you come back up the stairs and he says, I like this, like this, you could do more of this. Um, You know, it was very, 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 very cool. You know, we did a promo with him and then we did the spot with him where, you know, the, the whole kind of promo was about how, you know, I was the champion there and you know he was the guest and he needed to shake my hand and show me a bit of respect so that was kind of going on the entire show and we got to the end of the end of the show and when, when he finally did come out when i was in the ring and we did the shake the hand thing and then he just dropped me with a cutter and uh yeah it was just very cool you know and and you know he gave a lot of feedback to me afterwards as well and it was just it was just sound because some you know you know what they say about kind of never meeting your heroes because you just never know what, how they're going to turn out. But he was really cool. Uh, I think everyone enjoyed him being there. And uh, yeah, you know, he did a big DDP yoga session in in Dundee with us all as well. So uh, yeah, he was just he was just class. He was a class
1: act. Yeah, I remember that that well. That show, of course, cause I was there. I think I actually got a little video of you getting uh, diamond card as well, but it was recorded on yeah. like the very oldest of tech, so it's not very clear. Um, but I was also victim of the first of probably many in my life in the future of uh, uh, Mr. News photo bomb. Uh, oh God! Your, your smiley wee face <clears throat> between me and DDP.
0: Um, sometimes, some sometimes I feel bad about that when 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 the photos go up and I think God, you know, these people queued and paid to get the photo, and then if you zoom and zoom and zoom and zoom into the photo, there's just my my round smiling. Running face in the background, and I think I'm, I feel bad about it for a second, and then I laugh because it—I'm a child, and I—I f- I it funny.
1: I'm, so I'm i apologize
0: because there's there's so many there's so many times it's happened as well. Um, there's so many times it's happened.
1: And, but it's, uh, every time yeah. I look at the photo, I just think, "Oh, that, I remember me D, I was there. He is right in the middle, right in the middle <laughs> of both of us, and uh, it just makes me laugh again. It makes me remember times that." I was down down Dundee for shows, so it was uh, it's always good. One um, well, again, another match I wanted to to bring up, and then we'll move on to Discovery. Uh, what have you? Is your triple threat at the Bonner Hall? Uh, I was against David yeah. and Johnny Lyons. I brought it up because there was a, a line through the whole show that you were trying to get out of the match with a, a injured yeah. wrist, and you were trying to get hold of Ted DiBiase, who was at the show. Yeah. Um, so, again, Ted was obviously down Dundee quite often, uh, maybe twice a year, once or twice a year uh, at that point. You um, said never meet your heroes. What was it like doing a promo and a, a skit with, with Ted DiBiase? I
0: did a couple with, with, with Ted. Um, I did one um, right after that cage match he spoke about in Perth. And there was a, there was a promo that went up after that as well. Uh, but then we did the the Finding Ted series because, yeah, you know I had a wrist injury at that time. I'd fractured a, I'd chipped a bone in my wrist. Um, with uh, there was there was a match involving um, American footballers, and uh, they they lobbed me back over the barriers and I landed on the deck and, and, and hurt my wrist. Um, so I was trying to find a way of getting out the match, uh, and so we did a we did a series called Finding Ted, uh, Randy and myself. And it was just, it was just ridiculous, you know? It was just these stupid videos going up on YouTube, you know, trying to Facebook Ted, trying to like send a message in a bottle, all this just to try and get out of a match, you know? And uh, then he was there on show day and we filmed something very, very quick with him where, you know, I was pleading with him to get out of the match and, you know, just a classic Ted playing the the world's smallest violin and, uh, you know, all all this kind of stuff. And then just sent me on my way out to the match. And he was—he was very cool. He was very down with with anything we wanted to do, really. Um, <clears throat> so he was another class act when you came across. I think everyone enjoyed him 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 being there. get
1: um, okay, great stuff. So before I get to discovery, there's a picture that comes into my mind. Um, did you have an interview with Jeff Jarrett uh, that ended with mm. with him? There's still a still picture grabbing of me you by did. the throat. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> How yeah. did that come about? <clears throat>
0: So this was part of, uh, the the breakfast show was part of, and TNA were in Glasgow. So the, the, I guess the story behind it was, you know, the breakfast centre sent me a challenge to sneak into the show and see if I can grab interviews, you know, Um, but clearly the interviews had already been arranged, but it was all kind of, you know, it was all just kind of set up for a bit of kind of radio fun. Where you know I'm supposedly sneaking backstage around, you know, the TMA show and then, and then I bump into Jeff Jarrett and I try and grab an interview with him and grabs me by the throat and throws me out. So that was the that was the photo that um that you sometimes see is is Jeff is Jeff Jarrett um just grabbing me by the throat as you do.
1: So, so you you've kind of before you even started your own promotion, you've been around some of the biggest names in pro wrestling at this point. Um what made you decide to start? So it was yourself and Alex Fowlis over a cup of tea, if I remember rightly, from an interview they have done yeah. a long time ago. Uh, but what made you decide to actually just branch out and set up Discovery Wrestling?
0: Well, I think, you know, at that point, you know, we, um, you know, I was going through a bit of a kind of rough patch um, personally, and uh, so was Alex, you know, and we, um, just as mates do, we'd just meet up and... Uh, Half a cup of tea, and we would just talk about wrestling. We would talk about things, and we start to get ideas about, you know, um, you know, if if we did our own thing, how would it be? How would it be different from others? And so it just kind of it just kind of spiraled from there, from just just the notion coming to one of us. Oh, you know, maybe we could do something like this. And rather than trying do it in someone else's company, it's just like let's just try it and see how it goes. You know, let's just set up a show in Edinburgh. Um, you know, I was moving closer to Edinburgh at that point, and it was just like, let's just try and do something there, see how it works out, and um, if if it takes off, great. If if not, then at least we gave it a go. And you know, fortunate for us, you know, the first show um, went down really well, and I went. You know, a lot of things we learned from the first show as, as well, um, but that that kind of gave us the the kind of catalyst to kind of move forward and think, well, we can actually do this because it was a pretty big show that we pulled off for the first show. It shows that, that we can do this. We'll work, if we work out a few of the kinks, if we learn the lessons from that first show, then perhaps we're on to something. And yeah, in, in seven years on um, from when we launched, here we are.
1: Uh, I remember the buzz for that first show uh, just because of the names that you brought in. Uh, so just the two, the, the, the three... Uh, big names, are, of course, Mike Mondo, uh, formerly of the Spirit Squad, and Crime Time, so JTG and the, the late Shad Gaspard. Uh, again, was was there any particular reason why you chose these guys, or or what are these guys on your first show?
0: They were available. Um, <laughs> no, they, uh, uh, no. We, we we kind of reached out to um, you know there was there was you know a couple of kind of wrestling agents that we knew and and you know had certain talents on their books. And so we were just in touch with, you know, the wrestling agents over in the States and just said, you know, who would be available on these dates and we would look into it. And they give us kind of a list of of, of people and crime time for obvious reasons They're crime time and, you know, massive tag team, massive names. We thought that, I mean, the first show for us was just about kind of spotlight onto what we were doing. So it was like, let's kind of make this show as, as big as we possibly can just so people can see we're now around and kind of what we're about. So, you know, Perhaps we did overload it in the in the first show, but that was just to put the kind of spotlight on us. Um, so, you know, Crime Time and Mike Mondo, because that was the kind of, you know, at that point he he was kind of fresh out of Ring of Honor and the kind of matches he was having in Ring of Honor was the kind of thing we wanted to be doing. Um, that that style of, that match, that kind of main event kind of style match that they have. And he just kind of fitted what we saw as, as kind of wrestling and what we were, wanting to kind of strive towards so uh, and and we also had Chris Saban on that show as well so that was the one I was kind of most excited about you know being a you know a big Motor City Machine Guns fan I was I was so delighted when when he took a a punt on us to do our first show and again that was just a kind of sign of of what we were trying to to achieve with the wrestling is that style again so um, that was that was the kind of reason we brought them over. You know, I, I targeted Chris Stevens specifically as the person I wanted to be on that show, and then it, it was a case of just working with some of the agents to find out who were available and and who could who who could help put a spotlight on what we were trying to do.
1: Um, well, jump back and forth about guests and that because th- there's been so many for Discovery, uh, but like for what I was getting from the shows, it's like a, a for all for, for all ages, but there's a really like an indie, an indie feel to it. So. You do get your likes of, yeah. Again, okay, we'll speak about the elites and, and what have you coming in. And uh, was that kind of what you were aiming for, or was it just that's just how it turned out to be?
0: Yeah, well, we we, we kind of set off on, on the idea of you know generation Y, and that you know at that point when we were launching that that would be your 14 year olds and over. Um, so we were looking for that kind of um, that audience that um, you know really appreciated the independent wrestling style. But at the same time, there were enough characters on the show that families generally could enjoy it. Um, and it's, it's finding that mix. Because what you f- I, th- I think what you find is children um, will love wrestling when they go along. You know, there, there's always going to be good guys and always, always going to be bad guys. There's going to be people to cheer and there's going to be people to boo. But what we're, trying to, what we're trying to also pull in that kind of older audience as well. Uh, and that's where that um, that kind of you know we talk about the Chris Sabins, we talk about the Mike Mondo's. That's where that kind of style tried to fit in. So the people who who kind of um, appreciate that style of wrestling would stick with us as well. So you always say that you know you try and offer a wrestling show for everybody. So there's a bit of everything in there for everybody. So while you might not like this match or you might not like this person or whatever else, you're going to like the other things on the show. That's going to get you to come back. So it is a really you know, a tough kind of balancing act when you're building a card, just to kind of go, right, have we got enough elements in this that's going to keep the majority of people coming back. Um, so that's, that, that's what we would try to do. Um, and, and I'd like to think we've been pretty successful in, in keeping people coming back.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I would think so. I mean, he's still going after. Well, obviously, last year ha- hasn't happened, but it's uh, mm. uh, definitely still going. There's, there's still demand for discovery wrestling, just from the amount of questions I got in. There's there's a lot of people that still want to see uh, a disco, uh, so to speak. So there was uh, a little bit of a like a merging for a bit. You worked with Five Star Wrestling again. I'm sorry to anyone listen to this. I seem to bring them up in any with any reason to, uh, but you worked a bit with Five Star Wrestling and Discovery Wrestling was actually in uh, their PS4 game Regen- Regenesis. Uh How did that come about?
0: Yeah, well, I, I've known Dan beforehand. Um, Dan had done uh, Dan Hinkles had done uh, a game called Wrestling Manager, which was on the iPhone. Um, that was what his company did originally and I remember working at the, the radio station I was working with was in Dundee and that's where his company was based. We actually did a news story on them because they've they, 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 they they'd been given a significant um, um, grant and it created so many jobs locally that, you know, I thought this is a pretty cool news piece, you know, I like wrestling and there's a bit of job creation in there. So it was actually through the day job that I met him and, you know, we just started talking wrestling and just stayed in touch and, you know, um, when he decided he was going to bring out the, the this uh, five star wrestling game, you know, and he'd spoken about doing some sort of launch, and I I suggested to him and I suggested to him why don't you why don't you actually put on an event, you know, as a wrestling event as a launch event for the game, and that's when you know I helped him with the first show that they did they did in Edinburgh. Um, in Meadowbank, because it was a venue I, I was used to. It's an area I'm used to. You know, I know the kind of production companies locally. So I thought, you know, do this. You know, I'll help you out with the first show. And uh, it was probably one of the most uh, stressful things I've ever, ever been a part of. <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, like Dan had just... You know, he, he he wanted this to be as big as possible. He wanted to have this massive fan experience during the day. And it was... It was you know, it was much bigger than what we had done as discovery beforehand. So it was taking on a whole load and trying to go right. Okay, so um, and you know, you, you had ambitions to to make it, this the biggest thing. And fair play, if you've got a dream and you try and try and achieve it. And uh, so I was I helped them in that first that first event, and then after that they, they did an original tour, which I only helped with the first event, and that was me. That was enough for me. You know, I had the day job to worry about. And I had discovery to worry about and I I I didn't want to have any anything else on my plate. But that that was that was um kind of my experiences of it. And uh, yeah, that was that one show in, in, in Meadowbank in Edinburgh. Um, but then yeah, you're right, but that with the game, you know, with the game he was looking to essentially just get a few different promotions on the game to kind of help, you know, spread the word of the game and you know the uh, you know the Discovery Arena was put in there, and I think there was like three or four other promotions there. The arenas put into the into the game as well.
1: I, I would like to say that I've I've played in the arena, but I I just couldn't I couldn't work the game. I, I I got so far and I was like I have no idea how to play this. So that was kind of the end of that chapter. I never got to to wrestle in Discovery Wrestling on on Five Star, oh. uh, but it, it was a quite undertaking. You say it was stressful just for the show itself, but. End up bumping into you at uh, WrestleZone for Aberdeen Anarchy because you're mm. doing a uh, you and was it was Randy. I think it was yeah. yourself and Randy. Um, you're going around promotions uh, with testers of the game and um,
0: yeah, they, they were taking they, they wanted they wanted to take the game on the road, and just to different events because obviously you're, you're, the, the key market is wrestling fans, isn't it? So they they wanted to get people to try this game. They wanted to to, to, to go to shows where perhaps there was a you know, an international name there, so they can do like a sit-down chat with them as part of like this online promotional push for the game. So we ended up, self, um, ended up traveling all around the UK with this game. Um, and again, all I'll say is it, it was an experience, and you know, we had a lot of fun on the road. And uh, again, it, it's just it's just things that you, it's experiences. You know, to looking back on it and in the fun we had when we were taking taking the game on the road.
1: Right, let's get back to, to Discovery. So we've set up the first show and uh, just the second show, it was the tournament to determine the first Y Division champion. Uh, so, it was, of course, it was Chris Saban, um, Ian Ambrose, Lewis Garvin and Damien, Damien Daniels at the time. Um, yeah. Of course, I know why you wanted Chris Saban in there, because, of course, it's Chris Saban. Uh, was there any reason why the other three were particularly chosen?
0: Their, their styles just suited what we were doing at that time. You know, you know our original plans were we were going to introduce you know, the, the Y Division Championship, which we had, you know, the whole Generation Y thing, as I've said before. Um, and then we were going to introduce a heavyweight title as well. So this, I guess, the the, the Y Division was originally seen as going to be like a junior heavyweight type title. Um, and then there was going to be a heavyweight title. But then after bringing in the Y Division uh, Championship, which is a beautiful championship made by Paul Martin, um, and you know, just when I brought in, we thought, "Nah, this is this is the championship. This is this is the championship for us." And by the time when we were thinking about, well, this is a, a more of a junior heavyweight. The styles of Lewis and Ian and Damien all worked with that. And you know, I could see them all mixing it up with Chris Sabin with their their styles, their pace, their technical abilities. That they 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 for me were just instantly when I was thinking about that division when we set it up for the first show, they they were the ones who instantly came to my mind as ideal and perfect for the division and you know that matches the matches in those that that tournament were just outstanding.
1: Um, Yeah, I I really liked that you did brand like guys from my end because it's it's not often they would get a chance to go down uh, to Edinburgh or Glasgow or the Central Belt, Um, so it was kind of
0: you know. A lot of that, a lot of that, as you know, was, was working with them when I was in Dundee, and you know, I, I had the opportunity to wrestle at WrestleZone a couple of times in Montrose and in Aberdeen as well. So, you know, I, I got the chance to see them firsthand. You know, people like uh, like Ian, have wrestled Ian um, on a handful of occasions. Uh, likewise with Damien, I had a couple of matches with Damien, and then for Lewis, I'd seen Lewis at. SWA or Source, it was one of the two, um, and he was wrestling Jonathan Gresham. And you know, myself and Randy were at that show, and we watched that match, and we're just like, "Why? we're blown away. We're just like that. That is absolutely the kind of match we want to be putting on, you know." Uh, so for 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 Ian and and, and Damien, it was I'd, I'd seen them first hand. I wrestled them first hand as well, so it made it was a no brainer for me to try and get them involved because. I knew how good they were, or are.
1: And uh, one of the biggest feuds that that really kicked off, I, I think, for getting uh, discovering wrestling's name out there was, of course, Demo and Rampage, which, of course, is totally different from uh, the Y division style. Uh, but it's just two big brutes just battering each other. Uh, again, was that just, of course, you wrestled Demo, uh, but did you have any interaction with Rampage Brown beforehand?
0: I didn't know. Um... It was just, you know, it was, it was kind of through recommendations and people putting us in touch with people at the time, when you, especially when you're doing the first show and perhaps people don't really know who you are or when you're a brand new company starting out, you know, you see so many companies going kind to of start out, do one show and disappear again. Um, so, it, you know, for, for the rest us, it takes them a certain amount of trust. And, you know, fortunately, I've known like Damo for a while. I've known... A few of the guys on the show for a while, so really through them and being able to kind of reach out to certain people like Rampage because I'd seen Rampage online, um, I'd seen a lot of his matches, and uh, it's just so impressive. So it, you know, it was just like, man, I'd love to see a match between him and Demo, and then just kind of reaching out to them. You know, of course Demo knows him and set it all up through through that way, and and the the matches they had were just it just brought the house down.
1: I uh, don't know what's happening with your mic there was a little, I can still hear you but there's like a like a crackling feedback through it so hopefully if, if you listening to this on the podcast you can't hear it but I can so just, just in case you look at me going he's looking a bit confused that'll be why it's not normal normal, normal case <laughs> um, so yeah so I apologise to anyone listening if, if that's the case but um, we're still going to have a good chat so stay tuned uh, so got Rampage got demo. of course it ended up going all the way to the last man standing match um, and then Demo's time was was up not long afterwards. I think he had a match with Dave Conrad, and then he was off to NXT. Um, yeah. So what was it like? It must be one. I think it was one of last of Damo's last matches before he went and uh, became Killian Dane. Was there was a there, uh, was a reason he was in with Dave Conrad, especially is he your next guy you wanted to move forward, or um, was yeah, I- circumstances. Yeah, it was
0: just I th- I, th- I think at the time you know um, it was just like who when you look when you looked at the roster at the time is like if who would be capable of bringing some of the size of Demo down and you know you look at the size of, of Dave Conrad and the strength of Dave Conrad you know he's the juggernaut of Dave Conrad and at the time it just it made absolute sense you know with what we were doing at the time for for, for that to be there to be the way for for Damo to go out.
1: Um, and then Dave went on to, of course, face uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, so, it, mm. it, it did pretty well uh, from, from that that match. Um, so, yeah, the guests you have, I mean, these are the ones I just wrote down just quickly, was, of course, um, MVP. I guess last, we had Michael Chase's last match um, ever. We had, we've had yeah. Golden Castle. Uh, we had, uh, of course, the Elite, Cody Rhodes, Bullet Club, and Helico, Mark Andrews, I mean... Was there a case of you were just were you picking the dates for shows because you can get these people in, or was it a case of you pick the dates for the shows? Who can we get in?
0: Um, it worked both ways. So, for example, when when we had the elite, when we had uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, that was because they were going to be in the country, and um, you know, working with a couple of the other promotions who were part of that tour for them. Uh, it was just like, well, it's this week, right? What's the date we can have? You can have a Wednesday night. Um, and so we're putting a, a show especially for that because if you're given the opportunity to have a, an event with the, one of the biggest independent wrestlers in the world, it's um, pretty hard to turn down. So you, you do what you can to make it happen and make it possible. And we'd worked with the Young Bucks before. Um, they, they worked our, I think it was our third show that we ever did. I uh, had the Young Bucks there in, in a community centre in Edinburgh. Um, so they, uh, they, they knew us and had a bit of trust in what we did. So f- f- it, it, it kind of works ways, both ways at times, you know, the, the, the Bullet Club event as well, when we had um, Skrull and the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. Again, that was, you know, someone reaching out to us and saying, hey look, we're thinking about doing a tour in this week in December. Would you guys be able to have an event for us? We're like, We'll make it happen absolutely we'll make it happen and then other times you know it is we have our schedule and then you know working with other promotions in the uk to say who's in that weekend um would they be available in the state and just working with a couple of other promotions for example when you mentioned angelico he would you know he was around we had him around the same time as ricochet and shane strickland they were on the same show and they just happened to be going around a few promotions in the, in the uk so we're able to get them on a show um, and it just sometimes it just kind of laps out with we've got a date on that show and they happen to be in the country and they're available um, and it helps as well that you know we, we, I'd like to think we've built up a decent reputation with, with people when they come in, they're treated well um, they're given what they promised and they go away and they tell other people hey, when you go to the UK check out this promotion and see if you can get some work there so we do have people kind of reaching out all the time there are and international wrestlers that, that will just message us and say I'm going to be in the country between at the start of this month, the end of that month do you have a show in between times uh, and that um, yeah, that just kind of, that works
1: um, I mean yeah, like, like I said, going through the, these names here, um, like like you said with, with just getting them in and, and what have you uh, was there any, of course you had uh, the, the Mustache Mountain and Pete to so collecting the name again I was totally drawn a blank.
0: British strong style.
1: That's the one, British strong style. Uh, So you're due to have them, of course, but then just due to scheduling, it was not able to happen. Is there any one that you um, had that that firstly couldn't happen, that you regret not getting in, or anything like that? Hmm. Um,
0: There are people who have been close to getting in, and then it just hasn't happened at the last minute because the schedules changed before we could get them in. Um, I think the last one that we were very close to was Luchasaurus. A lot of our fans were asking for a lot of our fans were asking for Luchasaurus. Um, so, you know, I'd reached out to see if we can make it happen and it, and it was it was just at the time that AEW were, were launching. And you know, we'd been in talks and then AEW and, and we had you know dates penciled in. And then AEW launched, and then their tapings changed the date, so ended up not being able to happen. So I was particularly gutted about that one because I knew like everybody was asking for them at that point. Um, so who knows, man? Once once shows get back up and running again, once you know, you know, I know. Um, I know the uh, my screen froze there. Sorry, if my my
1: screen froze. Um, our the disappeared for a moment. We should be back in a second or two. Oh, it's my internet. We're having a good time here. Internet connection. It's unstable.
0: <laughs> you can see me again. Hear
1: me again. I can, I can hear you now. Oh. I can hear you properly as well. Right, okay. So that's fine. I, I do not We'll start again. So, how did you get into it? No, I'm joking. Right? Yeah. So, uh,
0: so does, does, does the mic sound better now than what it was?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't, my internet was coming up with the wee internet is unstable thing. So, I think my wife is ah, watching yeah. something on Netflix, which <laughs> is not helping. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Luchasaurus was one that we were very close to bringing in. Um, I have tried my absolute damnedest and hardest to try and get David Arquette. I'm not going to lie he for us would just absolutely suit what we do you know throwing him in there with moth or gene money or 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 whoever else i just you know we would would try to reach out in so many different ways um we've we've got people obviously you know who who he's interacted with in the past like moth and 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 others that we've just said look We've tried to get in contact with them. Please put in a good word for us. You know, we don't usually beg to bring in a wrestler, but there's just something about, you know, getting involved in the David Arquette story, which would have been very, very cool. So, um, but I'm not sure if he's ever going to get back in the ring. We don't know if if he's ever going to come across to the UK. Um, But if he does, we'll certainly be waiting and we'd have a place.
1: Uh, That's what I like about Discovery. It it really is, you take people's, fans uh opinions on board because I, I do remember the campaign to i can't remember it was to, to get discovery to a certain number of likes and you're going to try and get them a dinosaur and yeah. that's, and that's how how that all came about um i mean you've always been very good at this kind of social media stuff because uh, i remember they bring back mr news campaign as well that that kind of it went a bit nuts for a little bit uh, over my timeline anyway uh was, yeah. was being active on social media, another thing that you were, one of the, the, putting the wrestling world to rights with Alex, is that another thing that you kind of um, thought of discovered?
0: No, I, I'm not entirely sure. Um, we just, we, obviously, you know, we're so heavily reliant on social media when it comes to um, promoting what we do. Um, and I, I don't know if it was trying to change anything about the way people use social media or anything like that. It was just, it's just it's just whatever comes naturally to you, like for when you're putting up posts or when you're tweeting things out. I actually think we could we 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 could actually be a lot better at it than what we are, uh, and a lot of people have told us. You know, a lot of people, from certainly from an industry standpoint, have told us about you know, our, you know, our presence on Twitter, for example, that we don't use it well, and that's prob- probably why a lot of people still don't really know what discovery is or what discovery is about because for everything that we've achieved at events and, and shows, we don't really sell ourselves that well. Um, so perhaps we're not the best when it comes to social media. You know, you look at other companies that are just doing great work when it comes to social media that you know they're around all the time, even when there's no shows. Whereas us, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm perhaps not the best. Maybe I need to just get someone to kind of, maybe some sort of social media guru on board just to to do it for us.
1: I guess the hard thing, I mean, at least for, as, a, as a promotion, I mean, I, I find it difficult and I'm just a podcast page uh, to try and, and, like, gauge interest because some folk will just like it so they see the whatever podcast, whatever else comes up. They're not that fussed about me, particularly. Um, so if, if I set up and watch something on the network and tweet about it, they don't care. They just want to know who I'm speaking to next and, and what questions. um i'm gonna ask or or they can ask or what about dinosaurs and all that rubbish (laughs) Um, yeah but but when i was saying this about social media because when i put out that i was having you on the show uh, i tagged just a bunch of names of of previous people i saw um, yeah yeah, and of course i was like very rarely do any of the bigger names like like it or retweet it and then suddenly i had chris saban i had dmo i had all these people going i was like oh well, Alan must have done something very well <laughs> if if these guys are actually taking the time to go. All right, we'll yeah. keep an eye on, on what's happening. So you must treat yeah, you must treat your staff well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you have to. I don't, you know, um, I, I think people because we're not we're not a massive company. We're not we're just we're we're a small independent wrestling company, and we're relying on reputation for when it comes to people wanting to see our shows, and for when it comes to people wanting to work our shows reputation and you know and if and if you treat people well they want to do more for you you know they, they want to promote what you do so you know if i if i was horrible with people or didn't give them what i promised or they would never promote what we do and and perhaps they wouldn't want to take the bookings with us so you have to treat people well because at the end of the day that you know the wrestlers are going out and putting on the show are the ones who are bringing the fans in for us so treat them well um, treat them with respect and 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 hopefully that that kind of comes back is what you say you know there's you know with the likes of demo or, or Chris sabin kind of sharing that we 're doing this podcast they don't have to do that um, but clearly clearly they enjoyed their time with us and, and want us to do well
1: okay uh, so again' we'll, we'll start in about about discovery wrestling and uh, the shows itself but you end up on fight TV for a bit uh, for a, a- a little bit. Um, again, how did yeah.
0: that come about? Well again, it was just we well, were just building that reputation. I think at that point we 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 put on a couple of those bigger events um at the Con Exchange uh with some of the names you mentioned. And I think that caught some attention just because of who were on the shows. So we just we just entered in, into a discussion with them about um possibly going to do some streaming with them. Um, and yeah, I, I just we, we we put up a few kind of highlight type shows just to kind of try and get the ball rolling, maybe try and bring in an audience with, with fight. And we, I, again, as I was saying about the social media side, we we don't really sell ourselves the best. You know, we've got I think we've got we have put on really great shows. Um, we've got a, we've we've just got like such a great roster. We put on really good shows, but I think you know as disco, we don't really sell ourselves. We don't really push ourselves hard. Um, and so I think the, the, the thing with fight is I wasn't really pushing it as hard as I should have. Um, but there's going to be other opportunities coming up around the corner, which I'm, I'm kind of uh, tight lipped at the moment about. Um, we'll have, we'll have uh, a couple of big announcements to make when we uh, when, when announce our, uh, our comeback, so there'll be more to come on that.
1: Um, uh, yeah, I did catch some of the shows. Uh, unfortunately, it's like. It's just finding time. That's that's the only thing. When it comes to streaming, it's very difficult to to find a moment. And because fight TV, if it's not on YouTube or WWE yeah. Network, I'm not going to really have a time to sit down and watch it on the TV. I don't have Chromecast or any other stuff like that. So yeah, so I looking at any and, screen or nothing.
0: Yeah, and for 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 me as well that um, you know, as I've said, we're a small team. You know, I do I do a lot and lot a lot a lot of work. Um, when it comes to kind of pulling the shows together and I was also trying to pull together these online shows as well as doing everything else as well as doing the day job and perhaps taking on too much um, and not being able to keep up with the regular schedule of getting these shows up online Um, so you know when we are coming back we've got a team in place now um, who are going to take a lot of the weight off my shoulders take a lot of the work away from me so I could focus on I want to focus on, so things will be, you know, things will be slightly different when we come back, but there, there certainly will be uh, announcements to come about, you know, the likes of streaming and things for Disco. Uh,
1: have you had any particular favourite, like storylines running storylines throughout Disco? I mean, I, I know mm. we've had things like uh, Joe Henry and his son looking Sharp, and they end up against Tommy Dreamer and Grado yeah. as an example. Uh, but is there any particular highlights that you've you've enjoyed the most? Um, Been
0: come to fruition I liked um, I liked the return of Andy Wilde I felt like um, that worked out really well because he, he reached out I think he just had a, a WWE tryout and he reached out to me and said you know he wanted to he, he'd kind of been part of what we'd done just here and there Um, because a lot of our shows kind of coincided with whether it be his his day job or or whatever else and there was a lot of shows he couldn't make so we couldn't get like a proper run with him, it was kind of like stop start, Um, so he reached out to me and and asked about, um, because he'd seen what other people, the kind of matches that Joe Henry, the kind of matches that Joe Coffey were having in disco, and you know was kind of looking for that same sort of build and that same sort of match, so, you know, we worked out a plan with with Andy to come back and, and it was the Disco Derby. That was the first time I had a Disco Derby, which is our rumble, you know, over the top rope until you get to the final two, um, where the winner got a place back on the roster and that's where it started for him. So I liked that story in, in the way that, you know, he came back um, after an absence, won that, got his place back on the roster and for the next year, it was just build, 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 Andy. You know, put him in, put him in with you know Zach Gibson, put him in with uh, Eddie Dennis, put him in with these you know big UK names to try and keep building this Andy Wild momentum and story. Till we finally got to it was pretty much exactly a year after he won the Disco Derby, where you got to have a a wide division match with Joe Coffey, and you know the the, the crowd reaction was just unbelievable at this you know for the first five six seven minutes of that match they just stood still and the crowd were just dueling chance for like ages they didn't have to do anything stand and just look at each other and the crowd were just going bananas um so that to me felt like that had worked because we built up to that point where we had such a reaction so it was you know that for me was 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 pretty cool um yeah, there, there's, there's lots of other kind of things that, that worked well for us. Mundertaker was, uh, so that, again, sometimes I have just really stupid ideas and 99% of the time I don't act on them. Um, 1% of the time I do. And this one all stemmed from, uh, we had the world's first ever proper death match and a lot of people have death matches in wrestling, and nobody ever dies. And we decided to have a death match where someone would die because we surrounded the ring with zombies. And the objective of the match was to throw your opponent out the ring to be eaten by zombies, and they would die in a, the world's first ever proper death match, a match that we called Survival. And that, that was inspired because my pal Jamie, who is my best pal, and he's a graphic designer. I created this image I said look we're going to do a Halloween show and can you come up with some kind of striking poster um, maybe zombie inspired and he came up with this really gritty kind of movie looking graphic of like an empty ring with bloodstains in a warehouse surrounded by zombies and as soon as he showed me that graphic I went man wouldn't it be cool if we had a match where the ring was surrounded by zombies. And uh, one thing led to another, and I spoke to Gene Money about it. I spoke to Sugar Dunkerton about it. Um, They just struck me as the right folk for being in that match. And uh, so it worked. The match, like, I, I, I remember just standing in the sound booth, watching this match unfold before my eyes, of seeing a ring surrounded by zombies and someone trying to kill someone, and thinking, I'm troubled because this was in my head, and now it's actually happening out there. Exactly how I pictured it in my head. And from then on, because uh, we killed Gene Money, he was eaten by a zombie. I then had the idea of how we bring Gene Money back and we just thought Undertaker. And uh, he was fully on board with it. And he did the best, best Undertaker parody uh, I've ever seen. Um, And we'll we'll have to say it was a parody he wasn't copying him. It was a parody and uh, it, it was just tremendous and and then he had this full year of being the Mundertaker and the fans just went bananas for it. You know, the Mundertaker chants were great. You had a match with Session Moth where they did the the Taker-Brock Lesnar setup up moment uh, laughing at each other um, which I popped huge for. Uh, so yeah, that was another kind of prime moment for me was you know, seeing this you know uh, survival zombie match happen and then the, the resultant uh, year with the undertaker.
1: Um, I think, I mean, for for those things, I guess you, you've spent well, at that point maybe four or five years building the trust of the fans. So if you pull out something a bit out there, they trust you to to not insult their intelligence. It's gonna it's gonna work. Just trust us. It's gonna work.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of what we do out there, you know, as I was talking about, you know, having something for everybody out there. Um, and having the layers of a of a wrestling event, you know, some things are kind of tongue in cheek and 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 you, do, you need to have room for a lot of fun on a show as well. You know, and, and if you have that kind of the light and shade of, of of an event where you can have a match where it's just like it is fun, but you need people who can actually pull it off um to make it work. And then, then you can follow it up with a kind of serious, kind of heavyweight kind of main event style match and and it, and it it seems to work for us. Um, how we kind of structure things, uh, so I'd like to think it works for us. And, and having those moments where we could say, "Hey guys, look, we're going to have a match where the ring is going to be surrounded by zombies," and people go, "Oh yeah, no, I'm up for that. Yeah, that, that, that's cool. That's not stupid at all." And
1: then, then you bring it all back full circle with uh, Sugar Dunkerton um, putting put his soul on the line uh, against <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the Undertaker. <laughs> Just, yeah. to cut and them you off. lost,
0: and you lost his soul. Um so Sugar Dunkerton lost his soul, so he couldn't he then lost his ability to, to be cool and he lost his ability to dance and he lost everything about himself. Uh so then he had the opportunity to win it back in a steel cage. You know, Discovery's first ever steel cage match was a match for Sugar Dunkerton's soul. Wrestle is great. <laughs> just, yeah. When you put it out
1: like but, that, but- it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, this is why I enjoy it because, um, you know, uh, because we're kind of in tune with what our fans want, you know, and, and that's, I'm never really fast forward what kind of goes on elsewhere. You know, I don't really follow a lot these days, but, you know, when, when it's just, when you have that connection with the fans and you know what they're into, you know what they like and, and you listen to what they actually want. And then it, 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 when it works out like that and everybody just has a good time. And, and for me, the, the kind of buzz of it all is when, you know, after the show, you know people have had a good time with the reaction they're giving the matches but see when people are going home and, and they're they're tweeting and they're tagging or they're posting on facebook just talking about what a great time they had what a great show and they're posting photos of them with the wrestlers that for me is the kind of the, the kind of biggest buzz of it knowing that you've put on this that this, this show that people have just really really enjoyed bigger buzz doing that than any wrestling match I ever had
1: has there been any guests in particular that you were surprised at, at the reception they received like a, a I don't know, Chris Wolf or a Tony Storm just someone that you, you brought in thinking oh this will be quite good but I don't know how our fans will take it and they end up just exploding out, blowing out the expectations
0: uh, I, I don't think so I think um, I think everything everyone that we brought in is delivered for us um, and, and most of the time we're bringing people in based on what the fans want anyway so uh, it, you know, people keep tagging us. We want to see this wrestler? We want to see that wrestler? And when we do bring them in, it just it it just works. Um, yeah, every everybody you know, our fans are just. Of course, every promoter is going to say their fans are the best, but our fans are the best, and they they just take it all in and they just enjoy everything that, that that's put on in front of them.
1: Again, it's that give and take thing. You, you you listen and you provide, and they go right, okay, cool, that's fine. we'll we'll, we'll trust you, and, and uh, we do things like survival. Uh, then we'll, we'll just take it as it is. Um, as far I as I want to turn,
0: I, I want to turn survival into a proper thing. I want to turn survive, and you know, we we've had these discussions in the the disco creative team about you know what we could possibly do during lockdown while there's no events happening and. And the one thing I wanted to do, and we're not going to do it just now. It might be something that can happen in future, but I want to turn survival into a real life feature. I want to have, um, a, a, you know, a proper warehouse. I want to have, I want to make it like a, you know, these cinematic type matches um, that that WWE have. I want to have that, but with survival. And maybe if David Arquette ever wants to come to Scotland, we could do a survival sequel. And he could he could be in it, and it would just it would just that would be me. I would be, my life would be complete. I'd be spent. and That would be fine. Uh,
1: have you ever had? I mean, I know you had a couple of matches uh, here and there uh, for storyline purposes. I think one I've had one match for storyline purposes. But uh, is there any inkling or, or wanting to to wrestle in Discovery yourself? Or are you quite happy just being behind the curtain now?
0: No, I'd, I'd, i if anybody backstage ever sees me at a disco show, that they'll see me running laps around the place because I'm trying to do too much and I'm kind of running from there to here to there to here and I'm knackered I'm absolutely knackered come the end of the show that the thought of actually doing a match while trying to run the show you know I had that one one match um, which was on I had a show where the matches were all decided by raffle and uh, I the raffle number I got drawn was actually my number so I had to wrestle a match and I only played a small part in that match but that was enough for me to kind of go yeah, I'm well and truly over this. I don't need to do this in ring stuff anymore. You know, I had fun when I was doing it, and uh, I'll just stick to staying behind the curtain and doing what I'm better at doing.
1: Well, just before your career was up, though, uh, you end up in a very interesting period as the reckless intent hardcore champion. Uh,
0: the greatest, the greatest reckless intent hardcore champion of all time. I believe I'm a five time. Reckless intent hardcore champion, or so cage match says.
1: Uh, I'd, I'd, our records possibly say that as well because I do a lot of uh research. Because during like show days of discovery, all these videos would pop up of of title defenses, or actually not even defenses, title losses throughout the day. So we've had things like uh, Will Osprey is a former reckless intent hardcore champion, Doug Williams, Darren T. Goss a uh, former champion. Um, again, was that just a, again, Reckless Tent must put a bit of trust in you that you were going to do these things, or um, how, is, how how did yeah. you end up with that happening?
0: Well, the, guy, the guys at Reckless at the time, I'd, I'd say they were bringing back a 24-7 um, title, and and it's just people spitballing ideas, you know, and just saying, would it, would, would, for a bit of social media content, wouldn't it be fun if we did this? And just, it's, it's for the fans to kind of watch something and enjoy something. You know, there's no real meaning behind any of it. It's just, let's just have a bit of fun because that's what we want to do and provide people with a bit of fun and entertainment. And they, they had this idea of, you know, I, I think it was a weekend when we did have, you know, a couple of big guests coming in and they thought, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be funny if we could have them listed as a former reckless intent, hardcore champion? You know, it would be pretty cool for the company to have them listed as a former champion and we could film something fun for social media at the same time. So we just went with it. Um, I think I, uh, you know, I, lost, I lost to Will Osprey because um, he wrote on a bit of paper, I quit, and he just showed me the bit of paper and said, what does that say? And I said, I quit. And he went, took the title and went, like, thanks very much. Um, I, I lost the, the title in a dream to Ewing nice. uh, Mackie won the championship for me in a dream. I I won the championship from Doug Williams. I traded him a beer for it. Uh, so, we, we did have a lot of fun. Uh, and, yeah, it was just it's just, you know, people, that's that essentially what it is. It's just just enjoying it and, and putting stuff out there for other people to enjoy.
1: Yeah, well, my favourite one, one of my favourite ones was uh, Darren Tegos tapping out a handshake to Doug Williams. <laughs> that, was, yeah. uh, that was a, a favourite. Um, so, when you brought on you had your commentary team, of course, which is Randy Valentine, and, uh, the international uh, broadcast analyst himself, Darren Tegos. Um, was was the game was it just an inspired choice with these guys um, I trust with with selling the show, or um, was there any further thought put into having them to uh, calling the show?
0: Yeah, well, knowing them both and knowing one just how. Um, clued up they both are in terms of like like for example Darren's got this encyclopedic knowledge uh, an encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling um, Randy's great at just calling action um, and I'd heard uh, before Discovery launched I'd heard uh, Randy commentate on on a match before um, and so when we're launching Discovery it actually uh, Darren and myself hadn't spoken for a long time before that you know we'd, we'd kind of lost communication for a while and uh, When I was thinking about a commentary team, and instantly Randy was the first one that came to my mind, and I thought he would be great to be paired up with him. And then Darren, not long after, came to my mind and thought, you know, one, he's got a great voice, you know, I love the Welsh accent, Um, and two, his his encyclopedic knowledge of wrestling is just unbelievable, and I thought he's just perfect, you know, Darren is just perfect, and I needed to reach out to him. And, you know, we started talking again, which was great. And he's, you know, he's now one of my best friends um, and he has been for many years. And it was just, it was, it was just trial, trial and see how we go. And the first time I heard them commentate together, I thought we're on to something with these guys because they complement each other so well. You know, they know when to call the action. They know when to tell the story and they know when they can have a bit of fun. And it's important because, you know, you, you see that a lot. Some people maybe. Have comedies are just having fun constantly. They're not calling the action. They're not calling the story. They're not getting over what's actually happening because they're so focused on I've got to entertain. But Randy and Dan just seem to know when when they can have a lighter moment. They seem to know when they need to to call the action and tell the story. So you know I'm I'm, I'm really fortunate to have met them both. Both two of my best friends, and they're just superb commentary team.
1: Um, they really complement each other. I mean, as, as, as high praise, it they, they had a very, uh, like, brain and gorilla chemistry. Because um, just one, of course, uh, Darren would be uh, just rooting for the bad guys, of course, and then Randy would be like, will yeah. you stop and all that kind of stuff. So it's it very, mm. very well suited for each other. Um, as far as, as gimmicks, you mentioned Disco Derby, uh, the zombie survival. Um, you brought in on Civil War the tag hmm. team tournament and of course hotter than hell uh, the horror and hell tournament as well uh, again was you just all spitballing ideas see what would work
0: yeah it's it's just trying to come up with that uh, with ideas that are slightly different i mean on civil war we only did the one year because i wanted to do something different for tag teams uh, i wanted to have it as a yearly tournament where at the end of the year you know the tag team gets a, a trophy and they're they're known as for example the 2017 tag team champions and in the following year, we'll have on Civil War again. And whoever wins that, they would be known as the 2018 Tag Team Champions. So they're Tag Team Champions for a year, essentially. Um, but we did that and it perhaps didn't get the greatest response. People were like, we just want belts. Uh, and I was just like, okay, you know, because sometimes we'll try stuff to, to be a bit different and not just follow the same formula that everybody else does. Because you, you want to stand out a wee bit more. So it's just like, you know, everybody else has a briefcase they can run in and cash any other time. Let's not do that. You know, let, let's try and do something different. You know, you know so we did, you know, the hotter Than Hell tournament, which um, was based on, we were working closely with uh, a local tattoo studio called the hotter Than Hell Tattoo Studios. Um, Jeff Cole, who's the, the owner there, is, is one hell of a guy. Um, he's appeared in a lot of disco videos um, and a big American rock and roller. And he, you know, so I thought like, I like the name hotter Than Hell. And I thought we'll do a tournament, and the winner of the tournament gets a title match. Essentially, they become the number one contender. They pick the date. It's not like a run in cash, and they can just pick the date and when they're going to have that match. Um, so again, it's it's just it's just trying things that are different. And not everything will work, and not everything will pay off and get you the response you're hoping for. Like on Civil War, for example, um, I mean the matches were great. The tag team matches were great, and on Civil War, the four way tag final, you know, it was that. It was just chaos. Um, and I like a bit of chaos now and then, um, but it's 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 just trying things slightly differently. Like the Disco Derby, you know, every every company has its own own version of a rumble, um, their own names for rumbles, same sort of thing over the top rope. So I thought, how what kind of twist can we do on a on a rumble? And it was like, right, okay, when we get down to the final two, it becomes a one-on-one match, and then you've got these two people who should be exhausted from being in this. Over the top rope thing for ages, and then you get to the final two, and they're just exhausted one on one match, and then you know, traditional one on one match rules there. So, we've done a couple of the, the disco derbies, and I think they work really well. I like them. I think everybody loves a rumble. Certainly, you know, growing up, the Royal Rumble was always my favorite event as a kid. Um, even to this day, um, I don't watch masses of wrestling these days, but I'll always make time for the Royal Rumble. Um, so yeah, it's just for us. It's just trying to think of how can we do things differently, slightly differently, make things a bit more unique to what we do. And I don't think anyone else has had a zombie uh, lumberjack match yet, so I think we're the first in that one.
1: There's just like a fine line when it comes to doing these kind of things. So it's it's it could be really great, or it could be like TNA rooster levels of. Weirdness, uh, so yeah. you can't you've kind of skirted that line very finely, but it works. It still worked. Uh, was was am I right in thinking when I saw the poster for Disco Derby? Uh, when it was supposed to be twenty twenty. Was it going to be mixed, um, or was it?
0: Too- yeah, yeah. we we're, we're, were just going to have you know um, barrier uh, gender is no barrier for the for the Disco Derby, and it was just going to be um, like e- everyone's involved. You know, everyone's welcome to to take part in the Disco Derby, and that was what it was going to be last year. Um, so unfortunately it didn 't happen that was the that was going to be the last event that well that would have been our last event um but because of the pandemic obviously um everything's had to be put on hold until we come back so we we were probably the disco Derby will probably not happen again until t- next year i would imagine um but we' we probably run it the same way we were going to run it last year
1: and I was seeing that i don't i don't know if you just kinda just told anyone who had a, had their poster, went, "I just put it out." Because I saw Omar Mohammed. Uh, yeah. As um, I saw a bunch of yeah. names, I was like, "Oh, that would have been great seeing." Yeah,
0: I felt I felt really bad for a lot of the guys because you know a lot of the a lot of the people involved it would have been their first appearance with us. Um, and I think the likes of a derby is, is is good to give the fans an introduction to to some folk that they've never seen before. Uh, so like Omar, um, really charismatic guy. Um, you know, we're looking forward to having him in there and, and a whole load of others. There was there's was quite a lot of people that were due to make their, their first appearances with us. So when we when we do come back, you know, I am I'm, I'm going to try and certainly keep my promises with people and say, you know, you were promised a spot, you know, when the when the disco derby does happen, we'll we'll try and have the people we we're gonna have in there.
1: Uh, right. So I'm we'll gonna jump into some of these fan questions because like I said, I have loads, so we'll we'll try and uh get through some of them so I've got a couple of one about raffles so we'll get them out of the way <laughs> so we've got Stephen Louch with will raffles be affected by any COVID restrictions
0: oh I don't know um, I haven't thought that far ahead about how, how does COVID affect a raffle um, is there issues with handling tickets and handing tickets over will I need to get Julian and everyone else to wear gloves when they're doing the raffle um, will I need to put hand sanitizer on their hands every single time they sell a ticket Otherwise, it's going to be a very, very long night selling tickets. Um, a lot of these things will have to come into consideration, but hopefully hopefully, the raffles can happen as, as normal.
1: Uh, and on that subject, Brian Carter has asked, what colour is it? Assume, again, I'm assuming that's the raffle. Uh, or that's, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah, th- this has always been one of these weird things, uh, you know, um, that people kind of latch onto it. Shows before you know, before you know, it becomes a thing. And we we were always just selling white raffle tickets. You know, it was just you know all the tickets were white. It was just a white raffle ticket book that we bought, and it was just like right, okay. So at one show, um, one of the fans just shouted out when we pulled the ticket. They knew the, the tickets were the same color, but someone just shouted, "What color is it?" And uh, I said, "Well, it's white," and everybody cheered. So then, every time I was pulling a ticket, there were every, every everyone then would shout, "What colour is it?" And I would have to say, "It's white," and people would cheer. So it's just become a thing now where you know you're drawing the raffle and people ask what colour the ticket is, and they go bonkers when you when you tell them what the colour of the ticket is. It's again that that for me that for me is it, that for me is disco. You know, that's what you know, the fans just the fans absolutely just have a ball, and, and it's just a blast.
1: That's one of the weirdest things that that, have, that the fans have latched onto for for stuff. to just go, why? It's a raffle ticket. How how, well, how have you found a way to to do this?
0: <laughs> yeah, we it just these things just seem to happen. And the other thing that happens, which you know, we'll, we'll maybe try and avoid when we come back, is when we do the safety announcements at the start. You know, because you know, it is a PG crowd. There's a family crowd. We tell people not to swear. Um, when they're chanting and things. And, um, you know, we're, when we're doing the safety announcements and we tell the fans, there are kids present, fan, fans boo. <laughs> so, like, we're saying there are children present and everybody just boos. And I'll say, no, 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 no there are kids here. And then the boo again. And so... Um, we're going to turn that around when we come back. I want when we come back and we see their families, here and their kids here. I want people to cheer and go. Yeah, it's great, you know, the fans are here. Uh, because it is serious. We don't. We don't want um, kids going away not having a great time. We don't want kids going away thinking they've been booed um, by every other fan. So we're we're going to try and turn that on its head when we come back.
1: Um, so we've got Alan uh, at Big F and Tree. I uh, had no reason to put his his uh, handle in. I just love it. I think it's just a great handle uh is to when will we be getting all about the raffle two electric boogaloo mm.
0: i I actually love the, the all about the raffle event because again people people love um uh, surprises and you know other companies have got uh, other companies have got their events where they have a can kind of an unannounced card you know you know i think progress it was an unboxing they have. And other companies have kind of similar types of events where nothing's announced in advance and things are all surprised. And because fans are so hot on a raffle that we just decided to base a whole event around a raffle where the matches would be decided by, we'll draw a number or whose number is this? Here's their music and here they come. So nobody knew who was on the cards. Nobody knew what the matches were. So everything was completely unannounced. And um, I actually had a lot of fun doing it. And it's definitely going to be a feature when we come back. I think that's now going to be one of our staple events of the year. It's going to be all about the raffle.
1: Uh, and speaking of that, because of that match, uh, yourself and, and Randy, a uh, tag match, Shady Natras, uh, who's, I've said it, I'm sure, sure I've said his surname wrong, and I've interviewed him, which makes it worse. Uh, he's just put, What do you think about the fact that uh, he's taking credit for you losing your last match in Discovery Wrestling? Um, he's pretty sure that award should award him a title shot when shows return.
0: Well, I don't know if beating beating a, a kind of uh, five stone overweight promoter um hasn't wrestled in years is really a sign of championship material, if you know what I mean. I'm sure I'm pretty sure um ninety-nine percent of the disco roster could beat me um within minutes. So I think he might still have a bit more hard work to do. Uh, to, to, to show himself to be championship worthy he's not going to take too well to that comment I know that for a fact <laughs> so uh, let, let's just see what happens when when we come back and see what we've got in store for Shady.
1: I'm just more curious who the 1% is that he could have a go beaten, uh, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, Lewis Chapman, we kind of covered his question, but we'll kind of expand on it, I think. Or you, you may not. You may just re- listen to it and go, no, that's mm. fine, I've answered it. Uh, is, are there any names that you wanted to bring to Discovery Wrestling but haven't managed to as of yet? Which we kind of covered. If so, yep. are there any plans to do so? So, uh, is there is there a, well, big, like I mean, a chance we might get a dinosaur?
0: Well, well, we'll see what happens in the future. I mean, I think on a, on a on a serious note for, for when we come back i think you know the, the, this idea of having you know people from overseas coming in for events it, it's 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 not going to be a feature for a while going forward obviously with restrictions and and there's so many uncertainties when uh, when it comes to international travel so i think even when when shows return and things ease up a bit there's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to the international so it, it it could be it could be quite a way along down the line before we before we do that again. Um, so I don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but I know David Arquette listens to the podcast. So um, if you know if he would if he just wants to drop me a line, I'm sure we can make a special special arrangement for for him to get into the country.
1: I have the confidence that David Arquette listens to this. I'm gonna, <laughs> ta- I'm gonna tag him in this. If I can, I'm gonna make sure that he definitely knows that that. Uh, he's wanted, especially in, in Edinburgh. Uh, that kind of answered TRK's question. He put in a couple, but one that kind of piggyback, piggybacks off that one uh, was, with current travel restrictions, will there be a focus on bringing in talent for the rest of the UK or stick with Scottish stars for now?
0: Well, I think we've got a really kind of strong kind of core group within Scotland that we use and, and,
1: and uh, that are
0: part of the roster and you know, we, we tend to bring in maybe just a handful of, of wrestlers from outside of Scotland to be part of the Part of the show, so I think we've already got like a really strong core roster. Um, I think there will be changes when we come back. Um, other people I want to give opportunities to who've not had any opportunities over the past year. They've not had an opportunity to do any sort of events over the past year. So there are there are certainly people I want to give um, a chance to and give a real good push to and and hopefully help them out in in, in some way, kind of um, get to where they're, they're trying to go. Um, you know, there, there's just such a strong talent pool within Scotland. So uh, I think we're, we're very fortunate to, to to be in the position we're in.
1: Absolutely, five, five million people in this country, we've probably got one of the strongest independent wrestling scenes. I mean, I, I, I could be biased because... Yeah. website about it, but I would, I would say we do. Um, right, so TRK, is, uh, he's asked a bunch, so let's we'll go through that. Uh, will this Discovery ever venture outside Edinburgh?
0: I can't see it. Um, uh, Edinburgh, um, Edinburgh for us was where we wanted to start off and start to be because the work there was there's obviously other companies that that, that kind of run in edinburgh but we wanted to base ourselves in edinburgh and just see if we can build uh build a kind of a, help build a scene within edinburgh and and it's just it's just where i am these days and, I, and I, I i i don't think there's a demand for us to kind of come out of edinburgh um you know if, if there's, there's not another city that are kind of desperate to see us come to their city so um our our audience is in Edinburgh around Edinburgh. That's where we're based. And uh yeah I've got I've got no desire. We're not we're not we're not a touring company. We're very much a uh, we're very much Edinburgh's wrestling company.
1: And it's also asked uh do Discovery have a new home with the jam house closure?
0: Yeah that was gutting. Um the jam house was such a perfect venue for us. Um the size, the setup, the layout um I was uh, you know just stumbled upon the venue one day. And noticed they had done an MMA event and um, I noticed that I'd never had wrestling before. So just inquired and before we know it, we're in the Jam House umpteen times a year and it became our home. And it was just, it's just such a perfect venue for like, you know, where the crowd is and the atmosphere it gives. And everybody who wrestled there loved being in there. And, you know, I think it was kind of towards August time they, they just announced they were closing. And there's no, there doesn't seem to be any moves for anybody to take it over. It's not in the market, it's not. So we don't know what's happening with the venue. We don't know if there's going to be other owners, other people move in, or if they would have us, or or what they would do with it if they they move in. And that's one of Edinburgh's biggest problems is just the lack of good venues for like the size of shows we do. Um, You know, we we had Portobello Town Hall before, um, which had to close because of structural issues. um, And that's still closed. And then we have Edinburgh Con Exchange, which is at the other scale of things. It's just a massive venue, and it's 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 um, it's just the biggest venue that we do. And so it's not one that we we would use regularly. And then the Jam House, which was which kind of became our home. So we're without that at the moment, and that's one of the difficulties just now in terms of planning the comeback is just trying to find good venues in Edinburgh that are the right size for us. Uh, and the search continues. I'm still, I'm still in talks with a lot of different venues, um, so we'll, we'll see what happens when we come back.
1: Um, so, with the Port Bell Town Hall, is that just because uh, you blew the roof off it a couple of times? Is that the structural issues there?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. It was our fault. No, we, we will not take, we will not take responsibility for that. I, th- I, th- I think the repair bill is about a million pounds or something. So, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't have that in the back pocket
1: uh and he's just finally asked we'll just get this one in uh it's just has anyone that said you look like the guy asking nicholas sturgeon questions on the telly
0: i get that a lot actually um i don't know where that comes from but yeah um yeah that's 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 essentially been my year for the past year Is just sitting in my home office working from here and, and trying to ask people um the right questions i guess
1: um, so we kind of answered Craig Gordon's question, which is "What's the earliest date for a show in Edinburgh for discovery?" Let's find a venue first. Kind yeah, of, I'm, yeah,
0: but we're in talks with we're in talks with a few venues, um, so it's just it's just now waiting for the restrictions, and you know we're not we're not going to plan or announce or confirm anything until we absolutely get the green light when Scotland's in a much safer, better place, um, and we're told yet. Yeah, it's absolutely safe to do, and there's no issues in doing it um that that's got to be the first priority for everybody it's like there's, there's bigger things happening right now than wrestling as much as we all love wrestling there's there's other things you know that need to be taken care of first um and once it's been taken care of and once we get the green light and when we're told you could do a show and it's going to be viable and it's it, it can work, then we'll get things confirmed and get things moving uh
1: Ashley vega just put Ashley versus session moth so I think that's a match request uh, for when shows return.
0: well possibly if you know if the fans want to see it um, we we can we can clearly make it happen you know
1: uh, Johnny lamb with are you buying the ultimate edition Stone called cool Steve Austin you could pick it <laughs> uh, well he's
0: um, that that's been uh, one of one of the things one of the things over the past year is I just I got back into collecting figures, which I've not done in years. Um, I just, because I knew I was spending a lot of time in this office over the last year, I just wanted to to get my toys out, essentially. Um, so I looked out all my, I looked out, out a whole load of figures from uh, the attic. Um, and I've, I've, I've kind of placed them out. I can't really show you them just now, but I've got I've got um, a lot of figures out. And I started collecting and buying some more figures, which, I've, like I say, I haven't done in years. So, and, and because Johnny's a massive collector and uh, he knows which ones you need to get. Um, so he's constantly saying, get this one, get that one, get this one. Um, and But I've told him I've run out of shelf space and I just don't have room for any more. I don't have many out, but I just, I do not have room for any more. And every every now and then there's a figure that pops up that he's like pushing really hard for me to get. In fact, the last one I got, I'm about to knock my entire shelf over here. the last figure I bought was this um Mr. T uh, first in the line Mr. T figure the box is just so cool um that I, I had to, I, I just had to get the mr. T figure and that, that was the last that, that was the last figure I bought and I told him that was the last one I'm going to buy until something stupidly special comes along
1: yeah I mean, I'm the exact same uh, this wall behind me got the wrong hand. You can see me doing it anyway. Uh, this wall behind me, I had four Funko Pops when this lockdown started. I had four WWE ones and it's, yeah. it's a, bit, a bit wild. Since You've now got a tower. I've now, Yeah, I've done a little bit of, of they used to just all be down the side but I thought oh, it's a bit a bit too look at them. I thought I'll put them behind me instead but no, it's gotten a bit out of control uh, Downstairs it's yeah. worse Because my wife's gotten into them as well So I've got Forrest Gump and all that kind of stuff and... No, I've,
0: I've, got, I've only got a handful of Funkos um, I've got an Axl Rose I've got a Freddy Krueger 8-bit Freddy Krueger uh, Which was a present from Darren T. Goss Get well soon Darren um, I've got a mini Jack Skellington I've got Punisher Oh. I've got uh, an Ultimate Warrior And I've got a Kenny Omega Funko Pop So that's, that's my line I
1: do have a figure I got a Drew because it, it was in B&M for like £8 I was like I can't not buy that because it's <laughs> Drew got to buy that uh, so I think that's, that's all the fan questions I've got my two stupid questions that we'll put in uh, we've, we've mentioned dinosaurs quite often in this but what's your favourite dinosaur?
0: Uh, it has to be uh, I would say a Velociraptor um, I don't know why I just I just like the Velociraptors from watching Jurassic World. That was it, you know. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Although I, I really like um, I'm, I'm rubbish with dinosaur names. The the original Jurassic Park, the the little dinosaur that spits in the, the fellas face. Um, oh, uh, I, I, it,
1: just, it, it, I just played Jurassic World Lego.
0: Uh, not it, long ago. It just it it, po- it pops up. And and it, he thinks it's all being really cute, and all of a sudden it pops up. It's um, it's like, whatever it is, it's the, the skin around its neck. It pops up like this, and then it just spits at him.
1: Like I think that's a pretty cool little dinosaur. Like yeah, yeah. Um, let, let,
0: let's go with the spitting dinosaur.
1: We'll go with that spitting dinosaur. The <laughs> uh, other question that we ask people is, uh, what would win a fight: two sheep or one cow? Oh
0: man! Uh, we asked
1: the big questions here.
0: And it's sheep, it's not rams.
1: Now, now Joe Henry out, had an argument with me about this uh, because I said two sheep versus one cow and I brought up rams. It's, it's open to your own interpretation. So if the, the cow could be a Highland cow, it can be just
0: oh, of course. any
1: breed of cow versus any two breed of sheep. It doesn't matter what they are. That's that's, mm. your, that's your thought from there.
0: If it, if it was rams, if it was a couple of rams, it would go for them. Um because cows don't come over as being very aggressive and they look like they would just stand there and take it until they were done. Whereas the Rams would just keep going and going and going. So if it was a couple of rams, I would give I would put my money on them.
1: Great. That's right. That's why sheep are starting to to pull ahead now. A lot of people went for cow just because of size. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Joe Joe brought up the, the fight about the two sheep and one cow going no no you, you said sheep um, not rams that's your right. choice you can decide from there um, so yeah. back to e- even, sco- if was,
0: oh. even if it was sheep and not rams I was sick with the sheep two sheep over one cow
1: so, it's numbers it's number game uh, so back to Discovery stuff uh, of course Chris Saban first champion right back to the start Chris Saban was your first champion but had to give mm. up the belt uh, due to injury um, was that uh was that, what, what were your thoughts going into that? Did you already have a kind of backup
0: plan in place when he really pushed it? Or... Nope. Absolutely not. No. Uh, obviously, you know, we we had plans to bring him over um, again and again and again. Um, he was going to be regular with us. But then he had that really, really bad knee injury that kept him out for well over a year. Um, and so we just had to, we had to come up with a backup plan, you know, we would made we we created a kind of an interim champion in the meantime with the hope that one day possibly Saban could come back and then we could have the the champions face off. Um, so interim became Lewis uh, Garvin, and he was interim for maybe about a year. And we thought, well, it's now been like two years since we've seen Saban, and Lewis has been interim for a year, so we might as well just make it official that he's the champion, you know, and. We're still we're still you know we're still in contact with with Chris Sabin a lot and um we do hope that once once we're in a position where you know international travel is a bit more secure and people can start coming back um that he would he will definitely be on the top of my list I did say David Arquette but uh, you know in a, in a, in a serious note yeah you know, if we had the opportunity number one on my list would be to bring Chris Sabin back uh, it's great to see him back wrestling again Uh and we'd love, we'd love for him to come back and have his crack at and his uh, championship back.
1: And uh, we'll, we'll kind of leave, leave on a hypothetical before we do all the social media bits. Uh, you, you have enough, you have enough money to book Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. That's it. That's all, that's all the people can get through. Who out uh, of <laughs> Discovery Wrestling roster would you have him face, other than yourself, just for the, the moment?
0: Oh dear, um, who would he face? That's a rough that's a rough question. because um, 'cause I'll be accused of playing
1: favourites. <laughs> I'm just imagining everyone from Discovery do want your core roster just going just, just, go just leaning forward a little bit, going
0: yeah. yeah Yeah. Who's who's he gonna <laughs> say? Um who would he mix it up with? Let's see. God, that's a really tough question. You had to finish with this one, didn't you? I
1: have to go for the well. I, I, I should have said and finally, Uh back to back here. Yeah. move. Damn. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll put it in a sec because fine. I'll, I'll edit it. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's the big tough question that I'm finishing oh, with.
0: Yeah. yeah I th- do you know what? Um, I think I think a match between him and Joe Hendry. Clearly, i can see
1: that.
0: Yeah, the promos. And I'd love to see I'd love to see what Joe Henry would do as an entrance to, to Stone Cold. Um, so that for me, yeah, let, let's stick with because he's the champ and he's the guy in the spotlight for us, and the promos and what the possible entrance could be. Let's go with Joe Henry.
1: Oh man, I, I, yeah, just the, the actual thought of that—you'd have yourself a special guest ref though, just to be there, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, I, no, in fact, I would i would be the guy throwing the beers at the end of the match
1: <laughs> the that's Hammer, just do about both uh right so thank you for for being on uh, the show i'll kept you for an hour and a half so i think that's that's uh, you're that busy with with real world stuff i think an hour. <laughs> no this, this is, is enough billy play. billy
0: you know this has been awesome for me because you know i like everybody else has really missed wrestling over the shows you know anytime someone gives me the opportunity to talk disco Um, I will talk disco for hours and it's such a welcome break from everything else that's going on just now so I appreciate you um, taking the time um, to speak with me and asking me on and I think um, uh, Scottish Wrestling appreciates what you do for uh, Scottish Wrestling and and giving people the platform who otherwise wouldn't get the platform to to get their names out there and and to get their personalities out there so uh, I should be thanking you
1: Thank you Uh, I'll, I'll take all the thanks I can get and finally where can people find you on social media?
0: Not me personally, um, I'm, not, I'm not a massive social media guy, uh, but uh, for uh, Discovery Wrestling on Twitter you can find us at Disco Wrestling, um, which is essentially where all the Disco Wrestling chants came from, it's because um, there's not enough characters in the Twitter handle to create Discovery Wrestling, so I have to shorten it to Disco Wrestling, and uh, that has become our affectionate nickname, we are Disco Wrestling, so at Disco Wrestling, uh, on Facebook it's forward slash Discovery Wrestling and on instagram now i'm not the instagram guy um and, and i may get this wrong and if i do darren goss is going to slap me down um but i'm pretty sure on instagram we discovery underscore wrestling i could be wrong
1: you know what, and if i, I just,
0: am i'm apologizing in advance to darren especially
1: you know what, i just just to, to say face just in case I, I don't want you to get slapped by your international broadcast analyst Uh, (laughs) it's discovery underscore wrestling you are correct so hey
0: here you go I'm not a social media guy but I know my handles
1: (laughs) perfect well thank you for joining me today
0: cheers